Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Genesis 26, I'm reading from the message translation, verses 1 through 6. It says, there was a famine in the land as bad as the famine during the time of Abraham. And Isaac went down to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, and Gerar. God appeared to him and said, don't go down to Egypt. Stay where I tell you. Stay here in this land and I'll be with you and bless you. I'm giving you and your children all these lands. Fulfilling the oath that I swear to your father Abraham. I'll make your descendants as many as the stars in the sky and give them all these lands. All the nations of the earth will get a blessing. All the nations of the earth will get a blessing for themselves through your descendants. And why? Because Abraham obeyed my summons and kept my charge, my commandments, my guidelines, my teachings. So Isaac stayed put in Gerar. Again, this is part one. Of, I'm still in the sermon series, The Gift of Change, but my sermon today is titled, The Rise of a Generation of Curse Breakers and Legacy Builders. The Rise of a Generation of Curse Breakers and Legacy, legacy Builders. Tell somebody, I'm going to break some curses and I'm going to build a legacy. Yeah, there is a rise. I want to start teaching a few fundamental points here. Uh, from this. This is something that's in my spirit that's connecting to this message, the gift of change. The gift of change. Um, we see in verse 1 that God is speaking to Isaac, who is the son of Abraham. And God is kind of while he's talking to Abraham in these first, uh, talking to Isaac in these first few six verses, he's also doing a parallel between Isaac's life and Abraham, his father's life. Right? Abraham, his father's life. It's God is trying to prepare Isaac for what's to come. It's just like Jesus has tried to prepare us uh, for what we ought to deal with in our day and time. God is trying to prepare Isaac. When we got saved, we got saved and born again. And being born again made us a candidate for heaven. How many want to go to heaven? Raise your hands again. Come on. We live in a time that we can never forget that all we do down here at the end of all of this earthly stuff, we want to go to heaven. Tell somebody, I want to go to heaven. Come on. We don't even sing about heaven anymore. Come on, somebody. We need to get, we need to start singing about heaven some more, don't we, y'all? Come on. I mean, we will sing about heaven growing up and the saints of God, the people of God will actually get excited about the reward to come. And that's what we ought to do. Never forget heaven. But I also got to remind you today, while we lock down heaven, while we keep our eternal seat secure in heaven, there's something God wants us to do in the earth. Something God wants us to do in the earth. It is possible uh, to go to heaven and not fulfill earthly destiny. Oh yeah, because you can not do the things that God has told you to do in the earth, but because Jesus is in your heart and in your life, you cannot fulfill earthly things and still go to heaven. 
all true yeah very much true um, it is also the, on the same likewise it is possible to do earthly good and earthly things and if you don't have Jesus in your life everybody on earth will like you but you won't have an eternal seat the Bible even tries to tell us that, that what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul so what God is really requiring you and I to do and I you need to listen here real closely today what God is requiring you and I to do is not just go to heaven when we die but fulfill earthly destiny fulfill earthly destiny Jesus tries to teach this same message uh, to his disciples in Luke 19 and I'll tell you the story in Luke 19 it talks about how uh, a man went to a far country uh, and to build himself a kingdom but told his servants he would return and telling them he would return they immediately start saying they don't want to work for him they don't want to do anything for him but he told them occupy till I come I'm going to build away a kingdom but when I return I'm coming for some reward I'm coming to see what you have done while I was away I've given you an assignment and I'm telling you to occupy that word in Luke 19 uh, verse uh, verse 13 begins to talk about occupy it means to carry on the business of a banker or a trader so Jesus tells the disciples uh, these in his parable these servants Jesus in his parable he says look I need you all to carry on a lifestyle like a banker and a trader I'm gonna give you some some talents and some things to, that I'm going to give you I need you to go into the earth and increase what I've given you I'm gonna give you some talents I'm gonna give you some treasures I'm gonna give you some abilities and some skills I'm not gonna start you off empty-handed but what you got to do is take what I've given you go into the world and make good on what I've given you this is what Jesus is trying to say uh, to these servants and one get ten one get five pounds and another get one pound and when he comes back the ten has multiplied his ten the five has multiplied his five pounds but there's another one who had one pound and he says here it is your pound what you gave me I'm giving it back to you matter of fact I, I, I didn't even get it dirty he said in Luke 19 and this parable he said I didn't even get it dirty master guess what I did I wrapped it up in a napkin yeah, that's what it says. He said, I wrapped it up in the napkin. He said, I didn't incur no risk. I didn't get nobody rejecting me. I didn't get hurt in the matter. I didn't even take an opportunity to gain new friends. You know, I just held on to what you gave me until you came, till you came back. I decided my best strategy is to be safe in life. I ain't got to worry about learning those new skills, no new abilities or anything. I'm just going to take what I have and I'm going to hold on to it until you come. And when that master came back and saw what this servant had not done, he took away what he had and gave it to another. It's trying to show us that God is expecting something out of your trip from heaven to the earth. God is expecting some good return out of you sucking up his air, his oxygen, living this good life. God is expecting you to grow and to flourish and you just can't come on this earthly trip and not expect that he's going to require something of you in the earth. And God 
God is trying to get people focused in the earth. So it's time to get focused. It's time to get focused. It's time to get focused in the earth. And this is what God is really doing uh, to uh, Isaac in these verses. He's trying to get Isaac focused in the earth. And he began to remind Isaac that, Isaac, I want you to understand that what you're going through, you're not the first one to go through. That's what he tells him in Genesis 1. You're not the first one to go through. You're not the first one to go through. So the first point was know your assignment. Say know the assignment. Know, know the assignment. You got to know that there's an assignment for you in the earth. And it is to occupy. It is for you to grow. grow. It is to make good on your skills, talents, and abilities that God has given in you. God's given you abilities and skills. And he's requiring you to grow. Say know the assignment. So as God is talking to Isaac, he's helping Isaac understand that he's not the only one going through a famine. That's really important for many of us in this generation because some people only think they have it hard. Nobody else had it hard like me. Nobody else had the struggle. Nobody else. And you start giving yourself a discount or a reason not to make good on your skills and your abilities because you start thinking that you're the only one that had it hard. You don't know what it's like to be where I am because you don't know what it feels to be a single mother. True enough, but you ain't the only single mother. You don't know what it is to grow out without your father. Well, I guess that is true. I may don't, but guess what? You're not the only person who didn't grow, out without, grow up without their father. If you're not careful, you will start using everything that you count as a, a misfortune, as a reason why you can't fulfill your destiny. So the first words that God begins to talk to Isaac about is his father to let him know that your father also had a famine. When I told him to leave his kinfolk, when I told your father to start something new, when I told your father to move out from the place where his dad had brought them. Now, 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 now this story is like a continual history lesson because the truth of the matter, um, uh, Terah is Abraham father and his father had left an idolatrous nation. All right, y'all know a little bit about this idolatrous nature. How many heard about the Tower of Babel? The Tower of Babel. The people who spoke one language and they was going to build this tower so they can get up to the heavens by themselves and God confused their language so they couldn't communicate and work with each other and they never finished the project. Why? Because God didn't allow them to finish because he confused them. They couldn't communicate. They wanted to get to God through human means. They wanted to be high and lifted up and be known across the world without God and God said I'm not going to let you do that and he wouldn't let them build his tower of Babel where Abraham's father was a part of that group but all of a sudden he had a nudge that I got to move out of here the people were scattered about he started moving and he actually landed in Canaan he's in Canaan Abraham is with his dad Abraham has married Sarah they're trying to have a baby and she can't have a baby and here they are and in the midst of where they are they got one more few places to go and God tells them they're on the edge of Canaan and God tells them tell Abraham get out from thy kindred and thy kinfolk folk and go to a place where I will show you so although Isaac is learning how to walk by faith God is telling Isaac your dad had to learn to walk by faith too some of us in this day and time keep on trampling over the struggles of our forefathers and our parents and we don't give them credit on what it took for 
them to bring us this far. We think we're the only one had it rough. We think we're the only one had it tough. But can you think about what your dad or mom potentially had to go through? Can you think about what they had to sacrifice for many of us to go to college? But sometimes we get blinded by what we go through and we think we're the first one starting something. Can I tell you something? You're here today because somebody carried you as far as they could, brought you as far as they could, and they went through struggle. They went through pain. They went through lack. They went through ridicule. They went through rejection. They went through all kind of things just to bring you wherever they brought you. And God tells Isaac, Isaac, before I tell you about your journey, let me give you some more respect about your dad's journey. He said, let me give you some respect about your dad's journey. Abraham, your dad, your dad's journey. He says, I told your dad to get out of his country. Can you think about what that's like when God tells somebody to move to an unfamiliar place? Unfamiliar place, no kinfolks. Come on, some of y'all can't, can't, you think about it. I ain't saying nothing wrong with it, but think about some of us. Some of us call our mother the first thing in the morning as we roll over. 45 years old, you still call your mama. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Mine, mine down the hall and to the left. That's fine. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. I ain't saying nothing wrong with it, but I'm just trying to show you how much we, some of us have these close relationships and ain't nothing wrong with it. Imagine when God tells Abraham, get away from everything you know. What is, what is it to walk with God and you ain't got, you can't cry on mama's shoulder. I don't know what you're saying. Hey man, it's good to be grown and still have mama's shoulder. You ain't got to say nothing. All the teenagers ready to get out of the house and all the older people looking to wishing for the day. They can still hear their daddy's voice. Still hear their mama's guidance. Come on. We got young people just ready to be grown. Leave me alone. I know what to do. And we got older people that live life wish their daddy would call in when they going through. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Wish somebody of wisdom of age would call them and talk to them and help them through their storm. Y'all ain't saying nothing. God tries to help Isaac with his situation by talking about his father. I'm putting you on this path, but let me tell you about your father. Your father, I told him to leave, get out from this country, and I promised him that I was going to bless him. The truth of the matter is, Isaac's story is so similar to his dad's story. Oh, in a lot of ways, it's similar to his story. Dad's story, I'll just tell you real quick. Abraham had problems with his wife Sarah getting pregnant. Well, the truth of the matter is, we understand that Abraham had some challenges and Sarah got discouraged in the moment. And they decided that they would come up with a substitute on how to get to the promise. And Sarah uh, offered her handmaiden Hagar. And they said, all right, honey, if you want me to do this. And then they had a son out of that relationship, Abraham and Hagar, called Ishmael. God comes back to tell Abraham, that's not the son of the promise. I told you that the new blessing was coming out of your wife's womb. I didn't tell you to get hasty. I didn't tell you to get anxious. And he says, Ishmael, your son, bless him. But I am honoring what I said. It's the God that said, I want my word in you and nothing but my word. I'm not coming for no substitutes. I'm not coming for no lookalikes. How many grew up in the age where everything wanted to be a lookalike? Come on now. In elementary 
elementary school, we had a big old concert in the auditorium. You know, we can turn the auditorium, the cafeteria in elementary school into a concert. Y'all never do group, well, that's how we grew up. I grew up in the city. Maybe y'all didn't do that where y'all come from. And we had somebody pull up in the limo with curly hair, with greasy and shiny, with, with a glitter jacket on, and came in there talking about, and we came down the hallway and people, Michael Jackson, ain't did it. People like, what's that? All right, so people like, what's that, Pastor Joe? Michael Jackson. He came out the limo and kids got so excited about the lookalike that they ripped his clothes off. His jacket was all torn and they just, and he had to tell them, I'm just a lookalike. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> he said, I'm just a lookalike. But I'm telling you, God's not interested in substitute blessings in your life. Abraham began to tell actually Isaac his stories. Know how I know that I believe that Abraham talked to Isaac about his struggles? It because Abraham had, Isaac had the same situation like his dad that his wife Rebecca had problems getting pregnant. And the difference between what Abraham did and what Isaac did was just telling the story. Abraham told the story to Isaac so now when Isaac went through the similar situation with his wife the Bible records that Isaac didn't go find a substitute it says that Isaac entreated of the Lord for his wife and his wife conceived and got pregnant and now that they know how to pray now the Bible then says that when these two these her womb start acting up she didn't know what was going on and God said you have two nations in your womb and she was having twins Jacob and Esau but Isaac learned to pray from his father oh yo Isaac learned to pray so you can't act like you this far and your dad and your mama didn't teach you anything some of us need to give credit where credit is due some of us had good parents decent parents that gave us what they had and you are better off because of what they gave you if you know what I'm talking about clap your hands and say amen Isaac missed a mistake because Abraham told him his struggle. It's the beginning of how to break generational curses. Somebody got to start having some conversations. Somebody, we're going to help the next generation win from what we lost in. We got to start having some honest conversations. And Abraham is able to tell Isaac what went on in his life. So when Isaac goes through similar situations, like, hey man, let me tell you something. You know, I love your brother Ishmael. This is me just talking. You know, I love your brother Ishmael. But if I would obey God, there's certain things that I wouldn't have had to go through. And see, and so Isaac uses that as a prayer opportunity and versus a mistake. It only happens when people start telling the story. Tell somebody, it's time to tell some stories. Yeah, it's time to tell some stories. Time to tell some stories. Look at verse 2. And God appeared to him and said, don't go down to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. Stay where I tell you. Stay here in this land, and I'll be with you and bless you. Point number two. Point number two, which is say, follow instructions. If you're going to be a generational curse breaker, and if you're going to be a legacy builder, you're going to be, have to have the ability to follow instructions. Many times we don't think that following instructions is an ability 
but following and instructions is an ability. You can have all the skill, strength in the world, but if you can't follow instructions, you can't get the homework right. You can, you can be very smart and intelligent, but if you try to guess your way through the answers on the test without reading the instructions, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much capability you have, you're not going to pass the test if you don't have the ability to follow the instructions. How many can remember taking tests in your life, exams, and as you get down to certain questions, you go back to the top to re- ask yourself, now what did they ask me to do? You know, my son, he, uh, he uh, very pretty skillful in mathematics, very skillful in mathematics that he does most of it in his head. But you know, with this new type of math, they want to see how you got your answer. They want to see the steps in which you got there. So do step one, step two, and here's your answer. Well, Joshua Davis don't want to go through the steps. He's smart. He already know the answer. The answer is X. And he said, the teacher want to know how you got it. He's like, why you want to know how I got it? I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. I got it because I knew it. No, what want to know, did you follow instructions though? There are times in our life we're not getting what God wants us to get because we don't follow instructions. God tells Isaac, listen, I know you're in a famine. I know you're going through a hard time, but I need you to follow me closely. I need you to be able to follow instructions right now in your life. If you're going to break this curse, if you're going to come out of this place of thinking, if you're going to come out of this generational curse, if you're going to establish something that carries on in your legacy, you're going to have to be a person that's obedient and that can follow instructions. So the truth of the matter is, here is a profound question that I'm asking you today. Can you be led? Can you be led? I know, I know you want to start your own business. I know you want to be your own employer. But I want to know, can you be led? I want to know, can you be led first? I know you got big dreams. I know you got this big thing of your own company. I know you want to own everything, lead everything. But I want to know, can you be led? The truth of the matter, the best leaders are actually the best followers. If you want to know who is the next leader, look for the person who endeavors to be the best follower there you may have your next next leader so it's potential that you can have a hunger you can have drive and skill but are you trainable are you coachable are you able to be mentored or do you have so much strength and raw power that you're like a wild stallion that can't be tamed. You can't be bent. You can't be shaped into something useful. Are you that brisk and that hard that you cannot follow instructions? God tells Isaac, I'm going to get you to where you got to go, but you got to follow instructions. And if you're following instructions, I'm going to bless you. God tells Isaac, I'm going to get you through this. Tell somebody God's going to get you through this. 
you're wondering how you're going to work this situation how you're going to break this curse how you're going to break this pattern God's going to get you out of this you got to stop thinking that you're smarter than God you got to stop thinking that your ways are better than his ways you got to follow his instructions when he tells you to do it how he tells you to do it come on now God didn't call you in here to be call you in the earth for you to be an independent agent he put you in here this earth for you to be dependable on him so God becomes Isaac's GPS so I'm gonna navigate you through this storm I'm gonna navigate you through this wilderness I'm gonna navigate you through this famine I'm gonna navigate you through this lack I'm gonna navigate you through this loneliness I'm gonna navigate you through this circumstance if you learn to follow me if you don't learn if you learn to let go your anger because you know sometimes you can't follow instructions because you got too much emotional things going on you know emotions can make you could put you out of the way you know if your emotions of anger and bitterness is all stirred up it's hard to follow instructions come on now it's hard to follow instructions my dad was one of the best at just giving instructions he was the best at giving instructions and then he was good at what I call follow-up you know what follow-up is is after you give the instruction you come to see if you have done what he told you to do glory to God my dad my one of my assignments especially when I was being disciplined and chastised uh, for the lack of following instructions one of my main assignments as a young child was to water the grass was to water the grass and my dad would say water it good boy water it good and I would say I'm gonna water it but I ain't watering it long. I ain't watering it long. I'm going out here to play some football with my friends. And I ain't watering this grass long. So I get that water hose and just, just, just skeet it sometimes. And he wanted it all, you know. Because at first I tried using the sprinkler. But the problem with the sprinkler for me was that um, you had to keep moving the sprinkler. So you just move the sprinkler, go in one area, then you had to stop what you were doing. Well, me, I was just too busy playing sports that uh, stopping was just aggravating, you know. Every time, hey, Joe, Junior, that's what they call me, go move your sprinkler. Everybody knew my choice. Move the sprinkler. I got tired of moving the sprinkler, so I decided I was going to be smart. I just go out there and I just walk around and water the grass. Well, my daddy decided to come home and test and do a little follow-up. How did he test it? He just went down in the dirt and just dug a little bit. Said, boy, you ain't water this grass. Yes, I did. Boy, don't tell me you water. Yes, I did that. I did water this grass. He said, I told you to water good. Dad, I watered grass. What you think I did when he said you didn't water grass? What you think I did? I took him to an area I knew was wet. <laughs> what you think I did? Look here, right there. Look here, daddy. Look at that. See those them grass right that thing wet. I watered the grass. He dug in. Look at that. Look at that dry dirt. Time he moved the dirt from the surface, you can see that I probably watered the grass a good two minutes. He said, I told you to wet this grass good. See, sometimes we think we're getting away with things. We always think we want the easy way to success. And God is trying to build character. And God is trying to build us from the inside out. And we think we're going to have shortcuts to success. And God is trying to tell you, follow the instructions I told you for your life. You may have some times of difficulty. You may have some times of being challenged. But if you follow instructions, I bless you. So what happened when little Junior didn't follow no instructions? 
I had to wave to my friends. I'll see y'all next week. Because I ain't coming back out this week. Why? Because I didn't learn how to follow instructions. God wants to teach us, no matter how old we are, how, how skillful we are, how much strength we have, that we must be coachable, we must be trainable, and we must follow instructions. Point number two, follow instructions. Because following instructions is the key. Following instructions is the key. That's what he tells us. Come on, let's read verse 6. And he says, I'm giving you and your children all these, all these lands, fulfilling the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. So even as God is talking to Isaac, notice that he's still mentioning Abraham. It's actually like the passing of the baton. Many of us don't recognize that some of us are actually fulfilling something that our parents started. I say some of us are fulfilling something that our parents started. And we're past, the baton has been passed on to us to take it further, to take it more into this new day and time. He said, I swore to your father, I'll make your descendants as many as the stars in the sky and give them all these lands. All the nations of the earth will get a blessing for themselves through your descendants. And why? Because Abraham obeyed my summons and kept my charge, my commands, my guidelines, my teaching. All right, I'm back to point number three. It's similar to point number one that I was kind of making. All right, but it's tell the story to those who come. This is amazing to me that we come back to the point of tell the story. The reason I'm telling you to tell the story to those who are coming after you because although God picked up in legacy with his father Abraham and talks talking to Isaac about it I want you to notice that God started talking about Abraham that he was obedient Listen to this God says Abraham was obedient Now how many read this story about Abraham that I just mentioned that he had Ishmael? Well, how could God say that Abraham is obedient? This is the truth. God's not interested in bringing up your father and your mother's dirt. As far as the east is from the west, God remembers their sins no more. So when God talks to Isaac about Abraham, he's not even talking to Isaac about his father's mistakes. He's talking to Isaac about his father's obedience. He don't even remember his father's mistakes. See, that's why it is important. I'm coming back to that point again. That's why it's for us to tell the story. Because as far as God is concerned, God is not repeating and looking at the mishaps of our fathers and mothers. That's why some of us need to get over certain things. And I'm not saying it didn't hurt you. I'm not didn't say it wasn't painful. I'm not here to say that you didn't feel abandoned. You wasn't rejected. I'm not saying that they wasn't wrong. But it's important for you to get over it and get through it. God is talking to Isaac not about his father's failures, but about his father's success. And you know, as well as I know from the text, that Abraham made some mistakes and some sins, but God doesn't remember it. So the only way to benefit in honesty and transparency is for us to tell it from a healthy perspective. It's time for us to begin to tell the story. 
It's time for us begin to break the patterns of our family generational lines. Thing that has held our families back. I'll be amazed of the families that the, the grandmother didn't finish school and then the mother didn't finish school and now the grandchildren didn't finish school. I'll be amazed at the number of families where the granddaddy was an alcoholic and the uncles were alcoholic and now the, the young children are being alcoholics and if you're not careful you'll be right around generational curses in your family and not know you need to stand up and start showing your family something different start showing them that God has called us to get out of this thing because we got skills and abilities because that's the truth of the matter the generational curse what it will do it will cause you not to move further than where you could go although you skill so it ain't, it ain't that you're not skilled it's not that that you don't have ability but you don't have restraint ability to break the generational curse I give a story that I was back home in Miami I give a story I'm back home in Miami and um, I probably stored the story before but for those who haven't heard it I am sitting there going through my old neighborhood and and how many ever just went back to your old neighborhood just to see how it is I went back in Miami Florida my old neighborhood and I mean prophet Parrish was there and and we drove down the street and I showed him the house that I grew up in for the most part, so that's the house I grew up on, 173rd Street, 3281, 173rd Street. How many still remember the old house they grew up in? Hallelujah. Remember the address and everything. 3281, 173rd Street. Went there, and as I went there, we were driving down the street, and we made a turn, and we saw a house. And the house looked just like it looked when I left the neighborhood. And I left the neighborhood about 15. And here I am in my 40s, and I go back, and the house looks the same. I said, man, you tell me nobody moved in that house and fixed that house since then? And then I saw some young kids, and I'm saying this very respectfully, but I'm trying to show you something. I saw some young kids outside with no adult supervision, running around with pampers and things of that nature, unsupervised. And it took me just back to what it was like when I was growing up. I said, no, can't be. Can't be. How could that look like the same place 30-something years later. How could it be? No, can't be. So I said, pull up. We pulled up. Look, little child came. Didn't even know me. Ran to the car. I said, Jesus. I said, hey, baby. Um, sugar here? And I asked another person. And they said, she not here, but he is. I said, Lord have mercy. Now, this is serious. I'm telling you for a reason. For a reason, I said, Lord have mercy. And they went out there in the house, they hollered his name, Uncle So-and-so. He came outside. I called him by name. Man, what's going on? We did all the homeboy stuff. Man, what's going on? I talked to him a little bit. And I, after we talked with him, I prayed with him. And when I drove away, I was stunned. I was stunned that it sound, felt like they were stuck in time. New babies had come. New mothers had been born, and new mothers had children. New children was running through the yard that I knew not their name, but they looked just like their forefathers, behaved just like the people before them, and the generation had not moved one bit. Had not moved one bit. It broke my heart. I could not believe this. I said, oh my God, these are generational curses. Nobody is stepping up to step out.
And I'm telling you today, God is trying to call you out of something. God is trying to call you out some patterns where your family hadn't crossed the line. Whether somebody is too fearful or too not, don't have enough courage, won't have enough focus to study and go to school, don't have enough discipline to stay away from the wrong people. Let me tell y'all something. Let me just be straightforward with y'all today. You know, I had opportunities to get into some worse sins that I did get into. I had an opportunity to smoke weed and what we call reefer. I had opportunities to. I just thank the Lord for helping me with that. You know, that's long, that's old stuff. I know, people lay stuff, all right. I had an opportunity. I skipped school before, unfortunately. And when I skipped school that day, some fellas came out to me and was like, hey man, you want some of this? You want some of this? And they would say, man, get ahead of this, I'm telling you. Now. And they smoking it. But while we at the playground hiding from the security guards at the school, because we're skipping school, so you get grown, you can tell it. When you get grown, you can tell it. You can't tell it when you're young. You get your butt spanked. This thing is happening to me. And while they doing this, they flipping and doing cartwheels, acting crazy, laughing hysterically. I said, ain't nobody smoking that. And I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I am not about to take my life down somewhere. I may be skipping school today, but I ain't crazy. I'm going to school tomorrow. No, no, I'm not about to be doing nothing that have me acting crazy in the middle of the day, rolling on the grass, flipping out, doing cartwheels, about to lose my ever-loving good mind over being cool, over somebody making me feel like I'm special and I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the crowd or something. I was like, no, nah, man, come on, man, get some of the man, get, man, you got to get away from me with that. I said, no, sir, I'm trying to tell you it's going to take courage to break some of these things over your life. Some things to break in your family's life. It's going to take some courage. You don't have to learn to get around new people. I said you don't have to get accustomed to new people. You know, you know sometimes people can't break generation curses because sometimes they smart but they don't want to be looked at smart. Be surprised of the type of pressure people go through when they are gifted to be smart. But because there is a negative environment they're in and people who are smart don't get recognition, don't get appreciated, they get talked down to in that crowd, in that culture they're in. They get talked down to, they go to the crowd that seems like they're tough and rough, but they ain't going nowhere. Because those are the crowds sometimes that get the uh, respect. They ain't doing nothing, but they get respect. And the people who are trying to study, learn something, be on time, focus, get ignored. And sometimes that even happens in families that people who want to do something for themselves, sometimes their own family don't respect them. Their own family call them names. Their own family reject them. Oh, you think you're too good? Too goody two shoes. No, I just want to go somewhere. I just want to be somebody. I don't want to be in this place always. I don't want to be living like this all my life. There's something in me that says I don't have to live like this. And I'm telling you, you're going to have to be able to get some courage and follow instructions. God is calling us to break some generational curses. God is calling us to build some legacies. But we got to start first being honest also in telling stories. 
Some of us who are grown got to tell our stories to our children. Healthy stories in a way that they can understand. Healthy story they can understand your struggle. Understand where you come from. Understand what makes you tick. What makes you work the way you work. What makes you sacrifice the way you sacrifice. Come on, what make you, what make you get up in the morning and what make you go. Come on, sometimes they need to hear these stories of what it's like to press on and struggle and that it wasn't easy. Come on, they need to hear these stories. Come on, some of us think we're doing our children good from hiding the stories of process and struggle and you are not. All they think they're supposed to get what they want when they want it. You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to work two and three jobs for it and you can now go out there and buy them hundred plus dollar shoes. Glory to God. And with no problem praise the Lord if you can but they don't understand what it took you to get there come on sometimes you got to tell a story today sometimes you got to tell a story say we ain't buying you nothing for this week but this week we telling stories and I believe there's a generation to be recovered and redeemed I believe God is trying to raise us up I know I'm done today but I'm hitting my points today I'm done God is calling us out of some stuff God is trying to raise up new generations, raise up new breeds of people. I think it's sad when every gener- if every generation is getting weaker and weaker, it's a sad thing. We should, you should be stronger than your daddy. I said you should be stronger than your daddy. You be, should be stronger than your mother. God bless what they've done, but you in another generation, you should be stronger. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.